0: What's cracking, everybody? Welcome back to the Cat and Cloud Podcast. Here's a question for you. Have you ever met anybody and within 30 seconds realized, yep, you and I, yep, we're, we're on the same team. We should definitely be friends. We're in, we're in the same zone. Our paths may be a little bit different, but we're on a different version of essentially the same journey. That's how I feel about the cats over at Caveman Coffee. This week, we sat down and talked to them. We talked with Tate Fletcher, Lacey Mackey, and Joshua Brown. Now, Caveman Caveman is, um, let's see, they're really interesting. I think they're brilliant in the branding arena. They've done an amazing job of creating a niche for themselves in that health and fitness market in relation to to coffee, but it's a lot deeper than that. So Tate, a lot of you will know Tate as an actor and a stuntman. He's been in Breaking Bad, Jurassic World, John Wick. Some of you might remember him from his MMA days and UFC days. He's he's a big advocate of training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He's a really active guy. He's also one of the deeper thinkers that I've ever met. And if you look at someone like this and you say, "Oh, Here's like a bro who's super big and huge and just works out all day and is a total meathead. That, that's not the case at all. His The way he speaks really moves me. It's beautiful. And you can tell he spends a lot of time with his own thoughts, thinking about things. And he's someone who really knows what he believes. I can't sell it harder than the podcast, Will. You have to listen. You got to listen to it. Lacey is a stunt trainer. So she trains Hollywood actors to do stunts and, and physicality. She's also a CrossFit Team's game competitor. And she's got her own podcast that she does, The Grown Ass Woman Coffee Club, which I've been listening to, and it's fucking hilarious. It's a great mix of real life shit but with this fun humor behind it. Joshua is the person that I know the least about. So sorry, Joshua. He's the director of coffee education and concepts for Caveman Coffee. And as I get to know him more, if he's anything like his two counterparts, uh, he's amazing. They're all fucking amazing. I'm like gushing over here. I'm really excited. We've been using Caveman's MCT oil and their cacao butter since we opened for our paleo mochas and paleo lattes. So naturally the conversation goes into the arena of health and fitness, but we talk about so much more. We talk about mentors and creating a support system for yourself. We talk about taking ownership of your goals and and working through the doubts and, and challenges that you have. And sometimes I feel like everyone is better at doing this than I am. I feel like I'm the one who's getting the most stuck on these things. So talking to three people who are highly highly successful and have this amazing company, who still go through some of the same things that I do, it really made me feel connected and made me feel okay for having some of the doubts that I have. We talk about what are some people's non-negotiables, things that you need to do every day that make you feel more like yourself and that best version of yourself and, and what it means to be inauthentic and how, how you can pay the price for not doing these non-negotiable things. For anybody who wants to crank it up, for anybody who wants to be a quote unquote high performer. I, I hate using that phrase, but I don't know any how I don't know how else to put it. These people get shit done. They do stuff. They're they're new heroes of mine. And if, if you have that mindset, you are going to love this. In other news, I'll I'll put another link below. Our friend Mark started us a petition on Change.org for the Caterpillar lawsuit that we're going through. There'll be a link to the other podcast where Charles and I break that whole situation down. So if you want to go sign the petition, there'll be a link down there. I don't know what the petition means. I don't know what it does. But I do know that there's a ton of people rallying around us. And to see the response from everyone out there has been really, really amazing. So from us as the owners group and the whole organization... it. It's been amazing. I I, I logged on to Basecamp this morning, and a a couple people offered to, hey, you know, let us help you fill out some paperwork. Let us help you do any documentation you need because Charles has been buried under all this stuff. And to see the staff reach out like that, to see you, the community at large, support us, it's it's been amazing. I I don't even know how else to put it. Somebody email me and let me know how many times I said amazing in this intro. It's been an amazingly long intro. With that. I'm going to turn it over to Tate, Lacey, and Joshua, and Caveman Coffee, and I hope y'all have a good week, you know? Freaking keep keep it real out there. The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess. All you have to do is add hot water wherever you go. Each steep pack is individually sealed. It's nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh. And it's got this special full immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue or no staples, so there's no weird stuff floating around. In your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable, and they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on Steeped coffee packs at steepedcoffee.com. That's S T E E P E D coffee.com com asking your local retail stores to start carrying steeped or having your favorite roastery reach out and kind of get in touch if you're in santa cruz come on by any of the cat and cloud locations we have it there for you basically they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned pre-ground innovation so tell all your friends since we have such a diverse group of people here let's do a quick round robin and say your name and just a quick quick little snippet so we need to do some voice identification
1: Hey, guys, I'm Lacey Mackey from Caveman Coffee Co.
2: My name's Tate Fletcher. I've been trying to avoid a job ever since I was born. (laughs) Uh, I'm Joshua Brown, also
3: part of Caveman Coffee Co. Frank Ricard here. (laughs) (laughs) Jared Truby, the guy who's here with Chris usually.
4: My name is Alex Mars. I am also here with Chris and Jer and Team Caveman.
0: Baka, calling in. Okay. We had an amazing dinner last night. <laughs> and where you where you were going right now, I just kind of want to I want to catch up to speed with that because the conversation diverted this way right. several times. So we Tate was on a rant about baby food.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and more so than baby food, but creating things that are having health's best interest in mind the planet's best interest in mind and our natural resources best interest in mind and this is something that you you said last night where you're like the you know the ocean the water the trees the animal they they come first but we're shifting from where we've been in the past which is just like corporate america big money talks growth by any means necessary and raking as much cash as possible like what What's so important to you and your business and the things that you do, whether it's Caveman or the stuntman stuff that you do, is there, is there a bigger message that's driving you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the reason that we got into this business at Caveman Coffee anyway has everything to do with that. We started um, you know, looking at how to upgrade our lives in, in a different way and how to get better output and... You know, coffee had a lot to do with that conversation, but moreover, we saw this overreaching that would happen with uh, corporate America and different endeavors like that that kind of overshadowed government. And so when you see that uh, somebody that's wealthy enough can subvert the help from the populace by helping a corporation make laws, which will say make high fructose corn sugar or syrup be like a natural flavor or something, like like all that kind of stuff, we just felt like... um, we'd like people to be educated about that and that's really buyer beware in this world right now and, and i don't know i was talking to a friend john wellborn about it and john started crossfit football and and he had kids and and his first meal that they ate was hard, of hard food was liver and uh sweet potatoes and i thought man what a what a great opportunity you know it's like maybe the first generation in a long time where on moss there's all these people that are looking at like how can i nourish my children and myself better and 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 all those people looking for self-interested reasons first about like I'd like to be healthier myself better than having kids and it's the first time we're kind of into that conversation and so I think that um it became our kind of call of like we'd like everybody to know about like let's think differently about how we look at macronutrients about how we look at nutrition and all that and you know right now in the uh, to catch up on the conversation for listeners, what I was saying before was talking about this company I'd heard about that it just they're they're trying to make they're making um, natural real meat, real uh, vegetables, baby food with macronutrients that reflect what a baby's needs are, and the baby's needs are never sugar. And all the food that's out there is is high in sugar, and it's kind of like this is like a second phase I think after they started looking at like baby formula as a as a viable. Um, alternative to mother's milk and they thought hey we can mimic this macronutrient wise but they don't think enzymatically at all and then all these kids get sick all through the 80s right and um have all different allergies and this and that and those two may be correlate and so i think it behooves everybody to start thinking about that and it's nice to see the turn back for society of going now we want to be more conscious about how we feed how about how we eat and and it's really like the politicians are now having to catch up with the populace
0: You, all three, come from a a fitness background. Is there any kind of challenge to overcome or stigma attached with... Part of the message that you're trying to send is, like, putting good things in your bodies. And I know for some people... When they're diving into that gym atmosphere, specifically CrossFit is often often cited for this. It's almost off-putting to certain people and breaking down cultural barriers.
1: Yeah, I think people can get really scared or like, that's not me. It's not for me. I could never do that. And... Um... And when you really look at it, like especially with CrossFit, people talk about it like, oh, it's like super masculine, super manly, super this. It's like, actually, I think it's like 80% women. Um, And if you just give yourself the chance to feel empowered for a second, you can do any of it. And um, I think it's just like a misnomer that people have. And the barrier to entry is your own head uh, to getting in there. And and it's the same thing with healthy eating. Like I, we get this a lot, or I hear this a lot where I can't afford to eat healthy. And it's like, well, I bet if you looked at your bar bill from last weekend, you could probably spend that much in groceries from one night Mm -hmm. and eat healthy. And uh, if you make that a priority and then, you know, there's stats that show how much it costs. And we, I I think there's a disconnect because we use insurance. So you might pay your copay, but you don't really think about how much money you're spending on your health care later on or how expensive that gets or if you have an elderly person in your life, what that ends up looking like. And the amount of money that you will have to spend to deal with a disease later on and time and energy and just heartache is nothing compared to simply eating clean food. Um, and that's, that's the medicine that we need to be looking at.
3: So, I mean, you guys obviously have a wealth of knowledge here. Who are some of the people that, you you know, you got into, obviously, you got into fitness somehow. So quickly, you know, like, a little background on how you got to fitness. But from there, like, who who are the people helping you along the way on this learning journey? You know, I mean we all have some form of mentorship or something of the sort. So yeah, I'd love to hear where that came from and how you progressed from there. Tate has some
1: like amazing stories of um, like the people that helped him in fitness or brought him into, you know, stick fighting and things like that. Um, when we talk about nutrition, like some of the mentors that we've had that have been around really since we started this journey and actually inspired us to like get involved in caveman and really start working in a, um, different mindset around primal nutrition and things like that. Um, Rob Wolf has been a really good friend of ours and has been kind of an advisor to us on like how to get, get things going. Anytime we come up with a product, he's been very open to helping us with that, um, and nurturing us in that world. And then Mark Sisson, who, uh, basically gave a talk that uh, Tate and I were both at that made us think like, hey, maybe we should start a little like paleo coffee cart and maybe we could go to the CrossFit games with it and maybe we could, you know, start to get into that market and help people see the light around coffee, which is really how we ended up forming Caveman. Um, But those guys you know, have just been incredible mentors and incredible friends and are now helping us. Um, Mark and his team, you know, have really helped me from a business standpoint and some of the people involved in his camp um, and growing. And that's, you know, just really, really cool to be in that. I'll let Tate tell a little bit about his fitness background story.
2: I I don't know. The biggest thing I think for me, if I had to point to one person, it would be, it would be this, I I guess it wouldn't be, it'd be like, it would be, equally like Rob Wolf and, and, and Mark Sisson, I think. And, uh, what those guys gave me was in a few paragraphs an education about how to course my body. And once I start down one course, I might not be able to avoid that. And, and if I start down another course, I'll have exacting control over what I eat. And like, and what I mean is like, if I start the day eating carbohydrates, those are going to beget more carbohydrates. And then if I open a bag of crackers, I'm going to see the bottom of the bag of crackers. I, I never am sated, right? And, and if I open up pork chops and start eating them, I'm not going to just eat endless amounts of pork chops. And so something about the nutritional and nourishment value of uh, meats and fats and, and uh, proper food is a really different thing than all this processed green crackers, chips, or uh, bread, bagels. And, and so that kind of thing, because I, I felt... Um, like, I could never get control of my weight or, or anything. And I felt like, fuck, I got, you know, love handles and titties. And I'm, like, overhearing this idea, like, I, I, I'm out of control myself. And, and I don't want to eat another Pringles, but I can't avoid getting to the bottom of the goddamn can. And until those guys started talking about um, really what saved my life in a lot of ways was, I mean, not, I don't know if my life was at risk. That's pretty dramatic. But uh, uh, was coconut butter. And just I, and and Mark said is the simplest simplest little thing. He said, "You got a, a pang, a, a hunger pang. E- eat, eat two t- teaspoons of that, and tell me about your hunger in five minutes." And it's like completely sated and gone. And I'm like, "Wow, I'm satisfied here." And I, if I'm eating, you know, carbohydrates, I never get satisfied. And so I just started looking in that way and looking at like, where do I want to embolden my diet and doing that. Um, brought energy levels and it also, you know, coming kind of I've got a depressive quality to me that I've always kind of uh, tried to balance. And and if I eat appropriately, that stuff is way more controllable and my pits aren't so deep and, and all that. And so I can kind of stay leveled. So it, it really behooves me to be on my own best side and do that. That being said, yeah, and I love to eat pizza, too. But but the, <laughs> but the thing is, is I'll eat it a couple times a year or whatever and I don't I don't mess with it I eat I eat gluten I get acid reflux like I have I have I have these great little reminders if I get off my game, like you, you better get back on your square because it's going to be miserable trying to sleep tonight while you have acid bubbling up in your throat, you know, and, and things like that. And so that would be the, the, the simplest thing for me was a, a adopting that kind of a lifestyle and being really conscious about what was in everything. And that's another thing that Mark gave me was, you know, read labels fastidiously, especially in sauces and things like that. And I just had no idea. I, I was, uh, I mean, I had no idea there was sugar in ketchup. Which is, that's like the only ingredient. There's like a red dye and sugar. I mean, it's, cra- it's crazy. So that's kind of where it came from for me in a lot of ways after trying a lot of different things uh, really exactly, like the zone diet, the paleo diet, prime, you know, all these different things. And, and I go, well, I just want to try. I want to be my own experiment. If we're all going to die anyway, let's see. If this makes me <laughs> a lot better on the road there, we'll give it a whirl, you know?
0: That's hilarious. Yeah. For, for people that don't know rob and mark so rob wolf was kind of crossfit's go-to guy for paleo nutrition advice in the early years and and mark wrote uh mark's daily apple his blog and owns primal kitchen and all that whole whole situation so those two people are, are really really big names and, and one thing that i see that's a, a commonality in people across industries who are are going to be successful are businesses that are going to be successful is there's always some sort of mentorship involved and you've said how you've had help from both of them. How did you get introduced to them and what advice do you have for someone who's just getting started and doesn't know where to look for help?
2: Um, I I got introduced to Mark because I was working out at a CrossFit gym, CrossFit LA and he came in and did a a talk and I don't know, there's like 14 of us in the room or something. And this, this ripped real handsome, uh, Older gentleman comes in and he and he's super vibrant, full of life, and no bullshit. And he's just saying like, here's these simple little things that are gonna help your life. And that that was the first thing. And then I got to meet Rob because he came in and he trained jujitsu with us for a while, uh, kind of in his foray to jujitsu. I think he's a purple belt now, maybe. But he's um, you know another guy just full. Of, you know, you look at guys like that, and you're like, wow, man, that guy. He, he He chooses food fully man like in in this life he's taking bites of it man and he's enjoying and savoring and how do you do that instead of just frantically going from this thing to that thing and and there was an ease about these guys too I think uh, the way they conducted themselves was super attractive and I thought man i want I want to know more about that and I was just at a time in my life when I was really ready to listen you know
3: yeah I can definitely yeah. identify with the whole you know i I've grew up with a ton of anxiety and that depressive side too and it's it is Really, truly crazy. If you control your diet and you work towards healthy, clean eating, the difference is in the, in the swings, you know, and those, those pits are real. So yeah. one of the questions I had is, is how quickly did you, did you all notice the differences as you were changing diets? Like, was this, you know, was it like for the people who have never done this, right? Are they going to have one week from now they jump on, they're going to feel better? What, what should they expect in that process, you know, of changing their diet from shitsville to clean eating I think for me, that was
5: kind of a gradual realization. Like, I, sh- I shifted my diet completely. I didn't really notice right off the bat. But you don't notice when your baseline changes. Like, you're so set on this baseline of eating like crap. And, and eating like crap is normal for you. So, like, you're used to that feeling. When you take it away and then you go back is when you really notice, at least for me, like, you know, like, like we said, the pits. That's, that's the thing that, like, I notice the
2: most when I'm, when I'm like, eating crappy food so yeah that's the same for me I think that you get normalized right and you get a, I, I remember the first time I really noticed I was like oh shit I'm in charge <laughs> is, 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 and the first thing that signified that to me was like a plate comes, I'm eating all those french fries first or whatever, right? But then you start eating better and you're like, okay, I'm having sweet potato fries instead of regular fries. And then you go, oh, there's Visico. Like there's gluten and shit that they deep fry. I'm like, I'm not having those sweet potatoes. So your sta- my standards just kept resetting at a higher level. And so then after uh, sweet potatoes became the norm, a staple in my diet, they became like a treat later, where it's like that's too carbohydrate rich for me and my and my my body makeup, so I'm not going to eat all that. But like then that's like the dessert treat, and so like that was the new standard. Whereas before that my dessert didn't look like sweet potato fries or whatever, you know what I mean? It's like it's like that kind of thing. I thought, wow, I really I'm. I'm I am in control in a different way than I thought I was, and I always felt like I was a a pinball within the game getting buffeted around by whether I'm, you know, here's an emotion that is now going to dictate your direction or here's something you ate that's going to dictate your direction. Instead of really going, I can have a self-empowered life that takes me in a direction of my choosing, which is also terrifying because then that denotes that you must exact a certain amount of responsibility and ownership on your life, which I was always super reticent to do. I mean, I ran around wild for a lot of times, but I didn't want to say out loud and own shit and be like, no, this is what I intend because what if I fail and I know I'm going to let you down, et cetera, et cetera. And so it became a real psychological thing, too, and I think food's like that for people, and I just hadn't noticed to what degree I was uh, in that conversation, I guess. For, for me, that's kind of how I feel about it.
4: So this is all like education and i feel like we're at a point in society today where we can all like educate ourselves to a great extent on you know what what does good food mean but then there's still the issue of like like what advice do you have for somebody that knows all this information or can easily find it out but still has trouble taking action on you know eating a healthier diet for example
1: Well, I think you need to, like, set out a plan. You can't just be like, I'm going to eat healthy. Um, And ideally, you have a support system around you because this is probably the biggest life change you'll ever make. Um, And it's the biggest step and the hardest step because it is so emotional. Um, And so there's a a lot of really good tools out there, like the Whole30 or the Whole Life Challenge, where you can do this with friends or you can do this with a group. And you go through that together. And it sounds really silly that you would need, like, a support system like that, but it's, like, the greatest addiction of your life trying to get through it. And so... um, if you don't have that and you don't have other people that are doing it with you, like, man, t- guess what? The first two weeks, you're going to f- probably feel horrible. You might have, you feel like you have the flu. You're having a sugar detox. If you can understand that, you're going to just be a subject of um, your cravings. And it's like, if I just eat this one thing, I'll feel better. And, and you probably will feel better if you go back to that. But you have to get past that certain point. I, the longest I've ever seen someone go through a sugar detox personally is like a six week, like really traumatic, hard thing. And um, and once, they, once you get past that, thing where, and it's like, here's some fun facts, like, uh, sugar stays in your system for, uh, three to 10 days. And then gluten is in there for seven to 10 days. So it's like, it takes that long to get it out of your system, to start eating fat, to start training your like gut on how to process those types of food. So it takes a little while. And the worse you are, the harder that is. Once you get past that, and you know, they, these guys both talked about it before, there's like this euphoric feeling and you feel so good and you had no idea that you could feel that good. And you just thought that the way you felt was how life was and aging. And if you don't get to that point where you feel good again, then you won't realize it when you start to eat some of the bad stuff again. And you're like, Oh, wait a minute, this is I feel horrible now and it's directly correlated to what I just put in my mouth. And you know, another part of that is like, you need to, to do it for like six to eight weeks. Otherwise it's not really a habit. It's not really set in your system. You can't really reset. Um, so that's why I think, you know, Whole Life Challenge, some of these other programs that you can do that will get you to that eight week mark are super, super important.
2: I'd also say this, is that we use this word, healthy eating or a good diet. And if you ask 10 different people right now, they're all gonna give you an answer, right? And they may be dissimilar. Um, and so in that, I would have clients at my gym that would come in, they say, well, I'm eating pretty good, you know? And I had one, one of my friends that, he's like, yeah, I had a Cobb salad for lunch, man, eating pretty good. And it's like, well, yeah, and you had pizza, and you had a double frap, and you had, like, and it's like, it's all that, right? And so it's like, what's this idea of, uh, you know, if, if I eat gluten once a week, I'm never gluten-free. So I never have an idea of what my body is like without being tainted by gluten, right? Unless I really am off of it for like 30 or 40 days. And then if I go back to it, as Josh was saying, then I have a result that I don't like. And I'm like, oh, this was just my normal life, and now I'm... I've taken that veil off of it. I feel my life in a different way. So the first thing is to talk about what is a healthy, what's healthy eating. And in and, and that, I have to get so reductive. Like I said, I've done the zone diet like uh, to the T. I've done all these things. That, like, because if I don't do it exactly, I don't have a result. And so I have to pick something small. I have to reduce it. I can't just say healthy eating. I need specificity. And I go, I will have this. I will not have these things in my diet. And do that and do it for 30 days, 40 days. And you can have uh, experience. If you don't have an experience and you go on the internet and you read these things, you listen to these podcasts, awesome, what you have is called palaver, right? We're just yapping. It's nothing, it's zero, it doesn't move the needle. And so in that way, it's like when you have an experience, and that's what I push everybody to have, like, please go and have an experience, but have a a, a controlled experience that you can really dictate and you know exactly what, what the metrics were that took you there. Otherwise, we can't recreate it, we can't help anybody. And so that would be the thing I would get to, pick one thing, reduce yourself to that thing, and do that, you know, learn how to exact some discipline in your life and do that thing. But if the thing is too muddy and it's not specific, to try to put discipline onto that, fuck, that's hard it's an impossible thing. You've set yourself up to never succeed. And I think that's the problem that most of us have. That would be how I would answer that. I don't know if Josh got something different.
5: Yeah, I mean for stuff like that, you you have this giant overarching goal of what you want to do and how you wanna feel. If you can't break that down into baby steps, then it's gonna to be too overwhelming and you're never gonna succeed. So it's just like you have to you have to take bite size like steps to to get to that that giant success or what you consider to be success
0: so there's some sort of plan involved there's some sort of tracking or metrics but then the other thing that i'm hearing is that at some point you actually decide that you're going to do this it's it's not like an accident like cool maybe maybe i'll eat healthy because if you're maybe going to eat healthy that's like maybe you're going to start a business which is you're not going to fucking start a business (laughs) like so are there are there other things that you all do because you have Everyone here has multiple irons in the fire and does other things besides caveman. Aside from eating healthy and playing the fitness game hard, like what are things that keep you mentally sharp and able to do everything that you do?
2: I listen, and I I, I try to listen to what you're saying, and then you're telling me I want this result or I, whatever X and I listen for muddy language, I listen for uh, lack of specificity, or specific- and, and I go, oh, you're never going to succeed. You're not in the game. You haven't chosen it, right? And you can hear it in, peop- in the way people speak. You, you, you already know uh, if, if somebody is, is on, on board in that way, and I think that um, in that deciding, it's like everybody looks at all these different metrics about like, ooh, if I take ice baths, and if I get... Uh, Heat shock proteins and, you know, and everybody want you know, it's like, it's like overload of information of all this mm-hmm. stuff. You got to reduce it. Drink a gallon of water a day. Uh, only eat meats and vegetables for a month. See what happens. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I just made that up in my head, but it's like, there's certain metrics that I'm like, I want to, I want to make sure I have enough water, like yeah. those kinds of things. And I, I think that you got to rely on the simplicity of it. Otherwise it just gets too muddy and too far out there. And, um. And also, it's like, there's people that are going to win. And you got excuses and reasons why you can't win in your mind? Then you're right. Uh, and and there's people that are just going to say, you know, for, so for me, I, I already, I knew forever I'm not going to win. I already know since I'm a little kid, you know, and and uh, and it's been a voice I've got to deal with for my whole life, you know, What I don't know why that's there or whatever, I don't give a fuck, you know, it's kind of like that idea about it doesn't matter how you're, how your cart got in the ditch it's how you get them back on the road again like i need to be in a functional performance oriented way and so i start thinking about my life in that way and go is this action i'm taking or these thoughts i'm having working towards my highest good and my highest function and performance and if it's not then i might want to entertain not having that anymore as as a a blockage because everything that's not going towards the goals it it becomes a distraction that takes me away from my goal in that way and so one of the biggest things, instead of looking at all the minutia, which we kind of have to in diet, one of the greatest things you can do to change your life if you have the ability is change the people you're around. And, you know, it, it, it's really hard if you're, uh, you know, oh, my, all my friends are stoners and they just kind of do this and that and da 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 well, you might want to go where people are highly disciplined. You might want to go to a CrossFit gym or a Jujitsu studio or this or that, and go. Oh, these people all live however they live, but they are highly disciplined. That they can be counted on for this. And it's like you know, what what things can I be counted on for? And I think in that way, I, I kind of avail myself to be of most use to my community, which I think is kind of the purpose. And I think that if we're not on in that undertaking, it's like. Like Lacey's interested in certain things and Keith's interested and Josh is interested and I'm interested in those are dissimilar in a lot of ways. However, we all come back together and we share these things and we're like, oh, shit, that happened, with you know, and, and so you get around other high operating people. Well, now your your menu the flavors of the world just opened up Mm -hmm. beyond whatever you could think of before when you're just hanging around with this small group of people that are happy or or else sedated into vibrating at a lower vibration and and i would just have people consider that there's there's different vibrations that they could uh you know turn the volume up on themselves if it i love
3: that Uh, so then follow-up question. It, you guys obviously are, are, are disciplined in your own ways, in different ways. Are there any non-negotiables to your day, to your, to your you know, the rhythms, your, your plans, your, your schedule? What are the things, I, I, like contemplation, meditation is something that I'm like, it's a non-negotiable for me. And I'm trying to commit to two times a day versus the one time a day I used to do. But, you know, like, do you have things that are like, you strict. You do these things every single day to ensure that you're like on it, whatever that would be for you. And I'd love to hear that from all of y'all. Biggest thing for me is getting enough sleep. Um, It's like
5: I I notice right away if I don't get at least seven hours of sleep, I'm not operating at my fullest potential the next day. And so I try and set myself up for success the night before, you know, have a bedtime and have a time that I wake up in the morning so I know
2: that I can attack the day refreshed and ready to go. Uh, For me, I guess I would say I don't want people to... uh, um, I want people to feel acknowledged if they're around me and I want to not, I don't want to leave any fractures in the world. So if I rub somebody wrong or if I have a uh, disruption with a friend of mine or something like that, I, I want to uh, do what I can to mitigate or heal those things before I go to bed. So I don't want to, uh, I'm careful about how I land on others is it's what I try to be anyway. And uh, I think that's the biggest thing. Cause that, that's, the thing that then I don't get sleep forward like, that's the thing that fucks me up if is I feel if there's a disruption in, in, in the force you know <laughs> and so I, I try to uh, comport myself in a way that won't leave a lot of wreckage behind me and I think that's my first step of the day in a way but I wish it were better I wish it were like no for sure I 14 minutes every morning I meditate you know sometimes I do sometimes I don't and this and that and I, and I, I do I try to look for those optimums but the stuff that's really non-negotiable is is my behavior man is is that you know it's like that's the thing that i have the control over all this stuff that's external i've got no control over so i become frustrated or it just you get more lost in that idea and so i just kind of look at like like what josh said it's like oh i've got control i've got dominion over this thing so i can set that and i can count on that and and that's that's i guess that would be my answer uh
1: lately for me mainly because i feel like i've At the moment, I've bitten off a little more than I can probably chew, um, which is cool, all the things that I asked for and put myself in. Uh, But it's just, like, really maintaining my energy level and so, like, realizing, like okay, I should not do this thing right now. Maybe it's like a super hard workout or maybe it's like be around these people because I know that's going to change the energy output that has to happen um, and I won't be able to like maintain what I'm doing mentally for this thing that has to happen um, in the next few hours or whatever that deadline is. So how can I maintain um, what, you know, my nutrition is, my fitness is, my mental um, feeling in the world with, uh, while still being able to complete these like, really outlandish tasks and that's definitely a practice and a challenge that i'm also facing i can't say that i've mastered that but um trying to find the balance and all of that so that i can just maintain that energy level and that mental capacity to continue to crush on the things that i'm trying to figure out
0: when you say bitten off more than you can chew all in a good way what are some of those things yeah
1: so um i have two um i would still call them both startup companies and um Uh, Caveman is one and then Black Ops Productions is another one which is an event production company and that ramps up and ramps down really fast and when it ramps up it's like we have huge Fortune 500 clients that are like we need to do this event in two weeks usually it's a little longer, but not always. Um, and we have to pull off something crazy, like a permit in the middle of New York City to build something in the iron to figure out how to bring this in or whatever. Like It's it's always something really crazy because it's an event and it's an experiential thing. And the point of having or an Or like getting
2: your Batman car in on yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, bringing boom. the
1: Batman <laughs> car to shutting down Hollywood and Highland and in Los Angeles, driving the Batmobile, literally the Batmobile into hollywood and highland which is a mall figuring out the engineering of that is it gonna be too heavy and crushed through the floor into the parking garage like how what are the rules with the batmobile um can you disconnect the gas tank from the thing while it's inside the thing um and can you host a 24-hour event uh with the batmobile without having weird costume characters just all kinds of crazy crazy things um that we've pulled off um and so those two companies are uh are both doing very well right now and uh, both full-time jobs. So that's a lot. And then I do, um, on the side, I train people to do stunts and uh, things in film. So I work with people that are going to be in major action movies and get them ready to do what they're going to do in that. Um, And that comes and goes as well. So everything's a lot and then I, I have a podcast um, the Grown Ass Women's Coffee Club that we're building up right now and I'm sure there's other things I'm forgetting but yeah that's the, that's my life.
2: So what are your non-negotiables every morning?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I do try to wake up and drink a thing of water uh, like a tall glass of water and sometimes apple cider vinegar with that and then uh, I have a coffee and I sit in my chair and I usually watch the sunrise or at least like take some time to like have some fresh air on my face before I open the computer. I find that if I get immediately into my phone or my computer that will put me into a really bad headspace in about three hours, and if I don't get up and walk away from my computer every couple of hours, I will literally physically hurt. Um, my like hip will get tight, like things will happen, and uh, that depression and that anxiety will start to creep in after time. Like there have been a couple times this year and towards the end of last year where I I did like three or four days of like just post-mating food to myself and not really leaving my computer. And the result of that is not good on the other end. So you have to interact with humans sometimes.
0: <laughs> Having multiple startups in the fire, plus a podcast, plus what? Gosh, <laughs> I'm thinking about my own life right now, and I'm, I'm freaking out because I know what it felt like when we opened this place, yeah. which is, was one store sure. at the time. What keeps you motivated where does the desire to have all these things going on at the same time come from
1: so i worked pretty hard on like um my core values and things of that nature and realized that what really drives me and excite me excites me number one thing on the top of my list is possibility and so anytime that i start to get like in my head about this is too much or whatever it's like but think about the possibility of what you're trying to create and why were you doing this in the first place it's not i'm not I left like having a nine to five job to working in the film industry, where in a pretty cush spot where I could have like continued to travel and do things like that. But um, I wanted to build more for myself, and I have this like crushing feeling that time is getting away, and I'm like getting older, and here comes death, and like whatever, and I want to have something to show for it, and so that's like constantly driving me.
0: How do you balance possibility with picking what you're going to sink your teeth into? That's hard.
1: Yeah. Say yes to a lot of things and realize you can't do all those things. Um, And then figure out how to do things in steps like we talked about before with like diet and process. Like um, I just talked to someone that was like, how do you figure out which thing to work on? I get paralyzed because I like have all this thing and it's like, hit off some of that low hanging fruit start the ball rolling on the things that you can like pass to somebody else that they need your information on to have that start happening, then tackle some of the larger things, figure out when you're most creative or you're most able to respond to emails or like, what's your timing on that and like break the day up like that instead of being like, cause I can get, I mean, I'll be in the bathroom in the dark, like overwhelmed if I let myself just be like, Oh my God, this is the to-do list and I don't know where to start and everyone's counting on me. And, the whole thing um but also like those things start to be very clear as to like what you're excited to do and what is working out um and there if there's something that you're like pushing yourself to do and you just hate it then maybe that's an indication that either you need to grow more so you have to address that or it's not the right thing for you to be working on and pick the thing that is exciting.
0: I imagine you can tell me if I'm totally wrong. You spend a decent amount of your time directing other people, or I'm
1: I'm horrible at delegating. Okay, um, you are. But um, sometimes right, Josh. <laughs> uh, but I'm trying to get better at that. And and in certain roles, I'm definitely great at delegating. Like in in production, I know exactly like, hey, like this vendor, this vendor, this vendor. Like all these people need to do their thing, and that's just a matter of like being the puppeteer. Um, but when it comes to like creating something that I like, you know, make building our website or like working on like, how do we do this shipping thing or whatever? A lot of times I'm just like, I'm just going to like get into this and do this. And I'm like going to hobbit myself away and figure out what it is. But, um, then figuring out when to pass that on is the challenge.
0: How do you find people that you're going to work the best with? Because at some point there's going to come a time where you just can't do everything. And this is something that I struggle with too, is I'm Really bad at passing things off, especially things that I think are more creative, because right. I find that much more Fun. difficult to teach than mm-hmm. standard skills, which may be cut and dry. Sure. And it's something that I'm running into. Sure.
1: Well, we made a lot of like interesting choices and in, like hiring friends and stuff and trying to get people to be in a place where we could hope that they would get to. And um, that ends up like ruining your friendship and um, taking a lot of time and sucking a lot of energy out of things. Um, so, People have started like this is actually a business coach I work with was like so many people are going to be attracted to you and present themselves to you and you're going to have to figure out how to utilize them. Um, And so really understanding what people's strengths already are and kind of where they want to go instead of trying to form them into this thing. Well, you're really good and I like being around you. I'm going to try to teach you social media or whatever. And it's like and they hate the computer. So or they're not on social media. So it's like those are things that. I think at, at in time you start to learn and identify like, okay, this person's really good at this role. Do I need that role or do I not? And not trying to like form someone into that spot.
3: Yeah, bring some heat. I mean <laughs> you talked about so many things there. The specificity around like what gives you the energy when you're so overwhelmed. I mean, it sounds like you said you know possibility. What are, what are some of the things that like Tate, Jason that get Jason? Jeez, Joshua, I did that last <laughs> night. Son of Jason. a listen, listen, Jason, sh- listen, Jason you're a new coming. friend. I'm so sorry. <laughs> This is, this is the We're going to get through this. We're going to, one day at a time, you guys. We'll make it together. Friendship <laughs> lasts Jesus. longer than a day. <laughs> but what are those things that you, you feel overwhelmed? You're sitting there, you're like, this is all so hard. You, and then you can like, go back to those places. You look ahead, you look at either possibilities for you, Lacey's one thing you mentioned, but for you too, like what are those things that you look at and you just like, you come alive, you get to those flow states where you're like, this is my place, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm excited. I am feeling whatever it is. And, and, a lot of people probably actually don't know your two background, at least in our pa- podcast. So maybe briefly go into that to help people get to, to where you're going to, because I know that you know Tate, you've done jujitsu, stunt work too, Action. MMA. Yeah, I've got ac- a you know like you got, you got like a, some stuff going on here, and then Jason's got specifically Jason again, yeah. son ah! of a bitch! <laughs> Joshua, Joshua, Joshua! Somebody shock me caller. <laughs> It happened early. It was before like I, I met call you. Call no, see, <laughs> no, yeah, it was a callback. You guys didn't get that. Yeah, I thought it was. But you co- come from coffee gonna, I too. Re- I was
2: willing to be nice and just run with that. No, as this like, is bullshit. now you he guys meant need it. to cry. Yeah, I need to get cry chopped in the <laughs> neck. <laughs> but that's only af- that's only after she's had a few drinks. <laughs>
3: okay, I've had one drink of coffee today, and I'm just over the top, Joshua, of the tree. Okay, back at it, because you have a coffee background. Is where I was going with that. Okay. Resume. Yeah, zero What's the centering breath. Exactly. The yeah. What's Jason's name? Is the right, question. Right, 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 right. What's Jason's name? I don't, don't want to have
5: to change my name. Well, so. the
3: real oh. Joshua, please stand up. <laughs> uh, it was what? Are the, what are the things that get you juiced up? What when you're in those hard places? And what <clears throat> what brings you back? What do you look at? You know, your metric when you're just getting excited. You're like, okay, remember, Joshua. I e go.
5: Um, I try to like think about what what challenges me um, I I don't want to be complacent in what I'm doing um, so and it may change from day to day like I've, I've tried to schedule my days to where I'm like okay Thursday I'm going to make it a content day mm. and so I try to like work on something that's going to challenge me not necessarily something that like I know is going to come easy um, and that sort of like tends to motivate me in the right direction I'm, like seeking out the stuff that yeah this may be hard but it's going to be an obstacle that i can overcome Mm -hmm. and that's that excites me like it it was it was hard to to sort of change my mindset on that to be like okay well i could just coast and be comfortable but like the more that you overcome that challenges you the more it's sort of like a a, um like it's sort of like just builds and and really gets gets that momentum going and then it's like oh man I'm I'm unstoppable now because I can I can attack those challenges and I can do what what excites me and and all that stuff.
3: So for you those challenges are often content creator creative related?
5: Yeah, I mean like for like right now I'm trying to learn how to do video editing and mm. that's like something that I know nothing about and I had no idea where to start. Um, I still kind of don't know where to start, but I'm like, you know, like I'm watching people's videos and I'm like figuring out what looks good and what I want to be able to, how I, how I want to translate to that with, with what we do with caveman. Like right. How I want videos to look and stuff like that. So,
2: Yeah. yeah. How is it that you feel like, because you do in your, I would say, I don't know, off time, which is not the right way to say that, but like your other activities then are like you compete in strongman events and stuff. And right. so That's also a really... Uh, arduous, uh, intentional type of behavior, and in that, very different than what you just described as far as uh, the skill sets that you have to bring to the table. Right. Um, but equally, or more difficult, you could argue for sure. And so, you know, that being the thing that even the things that are in your downtime or your relaxed states that you choose to do are also very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I mean, um, for like, with strongman there there are certain things that i'm just not good at like static lifting is something that i'm but just what like, is
2: it that gets you into that like, you're like this is what i, I don't want to play video games with my spare time or read a book this is what right. i'm doing mm-hmm. you know yeah I mean, that's a huge choice that's a huge intentional choice
5: yeah it's it's the idea of being able to get stronger being able to lift things that i've never been able to lift before that like self-improvement new peaks. yeah exactly yeah. exactly and yeah. that's you know that builds that that energy in me it's like the the adrenaline high or whatever it is Mm -hmm. that gets me going it's like man i just did something that i never knew i would be able to do and i'm probably going to be able to do something that i never thought i'd be able to do tomorrow and the next day yeah so
3: i look
2: at it and i look at uh i don't know i remember i have i'm cursed with this memory of um when the phone wasn't ringing when i didn't have other things to do wouldn't that be great if i had a life right and uh and here I am working for minimum wage at whatever the thing is, and I, got, I see no future in it, and, and it's hopeless. And so, you know, you live hopeless for a little while, and then, like Lacey said, I think, you say yes to everything after a while. After you you, you get to curate yourself, right? You get some modicum of uh, responsibility or ownership over over your intellect and your spirituality and your physical and your mental state and your emotions. like you go, oh, okay, I can be in the game and I'm more useful this way. Like, I, I remember when I moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico, if you just showed up to work on time, you were the best employee there. Like, it, it you know, it's like, a, here's my underachievement uh, as a city is like one of the best places in the world as an example. And, and all you have to do is minimal shit and you're a hero. And I was like, well, that seems subpar, but I can meet that requirement, you know? And, um, and, and I, I look at that and I think, you know about all the stuff going on now um one of the biggest thing is I don't want to just create noise in the space kind mm-hmm. of like I mean I, I think about when I'm a little kid and I'm going into the woods or into wherever you go into a park and you're like you know take only memories leave only footprints and and it's like I think that about like our companies I think that about um you know whatever it is that I put out and I go am I curating this well and is this a, a useful thing or is this just more graffiti and noise that's out here. And there's so much goddamn noise out there. I just didn't want to be a part of that. So it's like, if I'm going to endeavor to do this, I better take care of it well. It mm-hmm. uh, became one of the, uh, the guideposts for me. And then after some of these things start going, like, uh, you know, Caveman started on a whim. And like, but then after that starts going, it's like, oh, this is. Is big enough that you need to take care of it. You've got to. You've got to curate this better. And and so looking at then, okay, if we we're going to do this excellently, what would that look like? And let's go about doing that. But right. um, until then, I said yes to everything, and now it's like we're in this position, you know, where I, I, uh, I use no more than ever, and and I just. That's been new in the last couple of years, but it's just I don't have the space to do it. And then if I say yes and I do it poorly, then I'm ashamed. And so I'm not mm. – I, I just – I don't tread in those waters anymore. And And, and for me, it's like – you know, infinite possibility. I would just, I had this hopelessness and I would just have a mantra, infinite possibility, man. If you if you go out into the world, Tate, there's infinite possibility. There's And I would do that over and over again in my head and I would just try to convince myself of this thing that might've been a lie, but God damn it, I need to believe it and I need it to be fucking true.
3: See, this is why, so I asked this because I have this deep internal belief that like, and, and it's being claimed here, everybody is meant to create. And I'm not talking about, internet content for everybody i'm not talking about you know like everybody needs to be a youtuber or a freaking instagram star or whatever you like creation of something that reflects upon who you truly are is something that like each of you individually kind of spoke to and i think that is something that comes back to why you know we ended up starting our own business at the end of the day is the same thing we kind we kept hitting this wall of like there's something better out there that we were hoping to do with other people in, at the time, but now we'll, like, we have to create this thing because we can make it better. And I think you guys are all talking about that in your own ways, and I think that's one of the most beautiful things about human beings is that we are all meant to create something, and it's really finding out like what that is for you, and if you do that and you live that authentically, then your impact is so much bigger than trying to... like, If I were trying to do what Tate does, or I'm trying to do it joshua does (laughs) and lacy or jason (laughs) anybody or Or jason too Fuck, jason's out there killing it you know and so rarely has a misstep and that's why i ask and it's interesting because i like to tie that back it's like everybody feels their best when they're actually creating something and that doesn't have there's no box for creativity and that is something i just want to like leave on the table for myself and i was just interested to see what those things were because you you all talked about that in your own way alex you wanted to say something really exciting i know
4: I had a question that kind of switches gears a little bit, but you guys have a really interesting array of products that you sell and like I mean there's MCT oil, there's cacao butter, and there's coffee of various forms. How did you guys come to pick those things specifically and like why those versus anything else you could you could do?
2: Well, we started this whole company as kind of a uh to usurp old traditional nutritional ideas. And so, uh, you know, we all come from an athletic background and and what I was really looking for was how to really jumpstart and facilitate this impossibility of a ketogenic diet that I somehow could um, exercise my own will upon in a way where I didn't feel like I was fighting against something like, you know, can I eat optimally and, and enjoy it and all that? And so the coffee became a huge part of that and energetically for me and I got into fasting and so high high fats became a huge part of the conversation and then thought, oh man, we're just I mean, the first time I messed with cacao. I I bought I was on a film in Louisiana, and I, I saw, ooh, cacao, chocolate. That's the chocolate shit, right? Great. And then I, and then, and then, and then I bought a bag of it, because I was like, oh, this will be great. It's just high fat. I can snack on it in the hotel or whatever before I go to bed. And that's what I thought. So I bought a bag. Right. Cacao looks so great. It's just beautiful, like big white chunks. And I'd had white chocolate before. And oh, boy, is that good. you know? And <laughs> this is probably going to be awesome. And I got back, and I ate that. And I had a bite of it. You scrape it off, kind of, and it's like, oh, this is horrible. It, it, it's the worst ever. <laughs> but up. you put a little bit into your coffee and you blend it up, and ooh, you got a chocolate. Yeah, it's amazing. So I just, you know, I was completely ignorant coming into it. I was just looking like, how do I get over myself, or how mm. do I, you know, operate this better? And I think that, that was the the biggest part of our our company starting was uh, how do we nourish ourselves towards this end that we had which i think was a, a uh, maybe it was a, a phantom maybe we didn't name it but it was like a, a ketogenic existence that could allow us to operate highly and so uh, mct and 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 came into the picture because you know keith and i have suffered a lot of brain damage too and like we'd always be in the count every day after practice i mean so i got a fight background and keith does too and 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 we would uh do crosswords and brain teasers and and as silly as that sounds for a couple gorillas being over a newspaper <laughs> do it but every day after practice that's what we do because we were real cognizant of the damage that we were getting especially towards the end and and we'd see it in friends and and uh so mct became a thing we thought well maybe we could do our brains a favor and start to heal ourselves in that way too and that was just one of the benefits Um, of MCT there's a myriad of benefits as we dug into it more but I think that was the beginning of that conversation as as I remember it which is uh one-sided so I'll let Lacey answer (laughs) too
1: no that's exactly what the conversation was and we we had set out to start a a blog actually like a website to share our stories and talk about what we were doing it was going to be called Pirate Life Um, Or Pirate Life Performance. And then um, coffee kind of came out of nowhere and it became this caveat to like talk about it. And then the idea of Caveman Coffee was one of our friends. We were like, wait, that's brilliant. And then it just, (laughs) it kind of took off from there. And so the the theory of Pirate Life is to pirate your life back. And what Tate was saying about um, not taking what, maybe mainstream um, healthcare or the media or corporations tell you and actually go after your own diet and your own body and try different things and figure out what works for you because what works for me doesn't work for you and, and we all need different things. We all have different ailments and different backgrounds. Um, so uh, if you can be a renegade and take charge of your own life and pirate, pirate your own life back, be the renegade in your own life, that you will be a stronger, more um, uh, healthy person in this existence
0: when you talk about taking charge of your own life and pirating your own life and what, figuring out what works for you, how does that apply in the overall scope of the business? And what I mean is this. If you're making a transition from nothing, you have this little tiny like hatchling egg that is a startup business, and you know you have something that you want to bring into the world, and you know people can benefit from it, and there's almost like two opposing streams. There's yeah. the stream of what I like to call the truth which is like your own your own personal truth and then there's that other stream of you could call it social media influence or trying to figure out what's going to be the best for the algorithm or what do right. people how do we make the most what money do people want to see yeah like yeah. how do i cash in on this the most what's like has that been a struggle for you or what has kept you true yeah, through this process yeah i think that has
1: come up a lot and it still comes up all the time i just had this question the other day from this like older white male um, at this pitch that we were doing and he asked um, don't you think your brand is too masculine and how are you going to um attract other females? And if you want to grow this thing and um you know you're you're alienating a huge part of the population. And I was like, well, guess what? I'm female. Um and I created this brand. So um I definitely like because it's matte black and it's all these things, doesn't necessarily mean it's male, it just means it's badass. And maybe, you know, males are badass too, but so are women. And um and I if you let yourself be a ping pong in what people think or what's gonna get better hits on the internet or any other that and you could still be creative in that and like totally game game the system like we just did a april Fools' coffee water um introduction for like you know you had maple water and you've heard of uh vitamin water and you've heard of watermelon water now we give you coffee water and it's like we got more clicks on that like clickbait than anything and it was hilarious Um, but you can still stay true to like what you are and not um you know not try to get everyone you can't you're, you're never gonna you're never gonna make everyone happy and um you just have to do the thing that you're doing. And if that is something that is attracting people to your movement, then you're doing the right thing. If no one wants to be a part of that movement, maybe you should pivot a little bit. But, um, you know, we we try to stay true to that and, um, and not listen too much to that chatter because uh, if you do, you'll end up, you know, people will have opinions about your products. They'll have opinions about what you should put in them. They'll have opinions about what you're your messaging is. um, And you just have to take everyone's um, ideas with a grain of salt and kind of know what you're doing.
0: Yeah, it's scary. It's almost like so many people are willing to lose themselves for the approval of someone else. And you'll see
1: that. You see brands that um, have have built themselves up and crushed themselves trying to do that. And people, too. Like, you see that with your friends that are trying to, like, make everyone happy. It's like, then the, the life sucked out of you.
0: The most interesting thing that I've noticed just in things that I look at is... That pivot usually comes once a certain level of popularity... Yeah, yeah. Is or once or the VCs le-
1: get involved. Right, yeah.
0: <laughs> Which is interesting because even VCs getting involved is indicative of a certain level of success. Right. right? People don't want to invest in companies that aren't doing anything well, but yeah. once people get a taste of that money, they're like, oh, I need to switch this motherfucker up and well, play and with the big kids the, now. Well, like, and
1: there's also the pivot of like, okay, we need to clean some things up. And so... Like there, there's also this idea I think probably and all of uh, all of us understand that is like the idea of selling out, and it's like no one wants to be a sellout, especially when you start out and you're like oh, I'm building this like cool thing and we're never going to like take other people's money and we're never going to, you know, and it's like, well, at a certain point, you have to realize in the life cycle of a business or a life cycle of a thing, you might have to like grow up a little bit and you might have to hire um, a designer or a HR person that tells you maybe you shouldn't say this thing or whatever. And and everyone can feel that and see that. But if you can do that and still tra- stay true to like what your mission is, then I think you can do that elegantly and not be like a full sellout, send it.
0: Right, and even if you do sell the whole thing, my ideas have changed a lot about this in the past year just thinking about it. Like, this business, as important as it is to me, the mission that I have personally and then the vision that we share personally is bigger than like any one business can ever be. And I don't think just because you decide to sell your business that you're necessarily abandoning your mission. Sometimes those no, things yeah. can and go you, together. And
1: you kind of, you need that to, you need to level up at some point too. So it's like, you can only take it so far. And if you don't think that you're going to eventually have to incorporate other people, you're fooling yourself or you're just never going to grow that big. And right. that's like a weird ego thing that you have to get over.
0: And then how you do it can be as equally important as like, we have a lot of people here that are really, really important to us. Now yep. I can't imagine selling this and leaving all those Bye, people and the words like, see you later. Yeah, totally. It's like, Yeah. Maybe something happens to where we can leverage a huge opportunity to make everyone's life better. And it's like, cool, like, let's take everyone with us. And and part of that's
1: not taking the first opportunity that comes up that sounds good. Like, we keep saying, like, we're so glad we had an offer very early on for what seemed like a lot of money at a time to get sell, like, a huge portion of our company to someone who said that they could, like, bring the heat. And we're so grateful we didn't do that because we didn't really know what we were doing that at that point. And like, had we taken that money, we wouldn't be where we are today, and we wouldn't have evolved to the point we are now. And it's like you just— you
0: What to... made you, in the moment, not take that money?
1: It felt weird. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah. It there were, It felt. It felt like. It, it. It. felt at my, my gut and Tate's gut and everyone. I think like that it was the wrong thing to do. But then we were like trying to be, you know, like I don't know, is this the business? You know, put the business hat on. And it felt lazy. And, yeah.
2: To me, it felt like. It felt like he's trying to offer something to make me feel lazy, and that's antagonistic to my evolutionary process in a way or something like that, and I just thought this isn't... And then I, you know, we take somebody's money, it's like I want to be able to satisfy that, and and I didn't know how to do that either, and so I think that was a big portion for us. And I think going back to this idea about, like, changing yourself to present to the world so that you're accepted by the world it's such a uh it's intoxicating almost uh, the 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 idea to do that you know it seemed because you you kind of pretend to see benefits in it when you look at external stuff but it's just like you've got to always consider that the external is never somebody's internal self and so you're you're not seeing what that person has to go to sleep with at night, even if you're thinking that it's a benefit that you see viscerally. Right. And so I think I I would make the argument and I'm sure it'd be easy to find metrics to do this, that if you're not trying to express your own soul, truly, um, you're, you're a thief to yourself and to society. And, and because what happens if I try to conduct myself Mm -hmm. in a way that you're approving of is, uh, I become a little cancerous and the more that I do that, the sicker I get. And then the sicker I get, I express that with sickness in the world and in my community. And then I'm 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 ruder to people that are close to me or I rob somebody or I beat somebody. It's like it's like all those things have different uh, manifestations, but they're all they're all a little ugly and they're not real ownership and 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 the thing is, is I think all our souls are screaming to get heard and acknowledged and to be expressed and to learn how to do that better. And and if you don't do that, if I don't do that, um it doesn't matter how many likes I get. It doesn't there's there's no fruit that's sweet enough that overcomes the acid that I gotta drink by not being me. And 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 the thing that I would have anybody, I would just beg you to believe uh is that the garbage that we see from people is the stuff when they're trying to be what they're not. And and the beauty that we see is when somebody's really speaking their heart in that way and they're trying to show that and do that. And it's fucking brave, man, it's hard. It's as, it's as real as like you see somebody do stand up for the first time and they're in an open mic or you see somebody do spoken word and read a poem to a group of half drunk assholes that are gonna maybe uh, heckle them or jeer. And it's like, that that's a kind of courage, man, that we must embody in ourselves and express. And, and, and it, needs to, it needs to feel, I think, also like there's a threat and a consequence and do it anyway. Because if there weren't a threat and a consequence, doing it would mean nothing. It's kind of like there's a, there's a book that Emmett Fox wrote called Sermon on the Mount, which is different than the, than the Bible verse about it, but it's about that. Uh, or no, C.S. Lewis maybe wrote. Anyway, um... It talks about what is it to give love for love. There's nothing uncommon in that. It's that we can love in the face of hatred. And there's something like that in that idea I was just speaking of. It's like you, you, need, you need to buck against the natural system that is like seems like it's a, a force against you and just expose yourself tenderly and vulnerably anyway. And, and, and at a certain point, I think in your life, you go, I, I, I'm screaming to do this, and if I don't do this, there, there is a threat, and it's my very soul that's at stake. And and that's a, a greater loss than losing face in front of you or something like that, right? I think there's something in that. It's important. It's super important. I'm not here, I don't give a shit. I mean, whatever. It's like we sell coffee or whatever, but like that's not that's not what we're up to, you know? At the same time.
0: I think that's the most beautiful fucking place to end ever. Thank you so much for three to come in guys tight, thanks dude. for having
1: us and thanks Thank to you guys you guys have been a huge inspiration to us as well so uh yeah, yeah. dude it's, I, it's
2: nice it's nice to just sit in the room with with guys like you and and that's the thing is that i'll, I'll say this too is that it's so uh the beauty of my life right now also is not taking it for granted and what you're you're we're, we're talking about earlier because i look at other people's lives and they've got to interact with other people like in the world and not everybody's great And so when I can come back to my core of people and there are people like all these people in this room right now, well, man, then we don't have to go through all the silly small talk. We get to operate at this other level of conversation and of ideas and creation that would never exist otherwise. So I feel super fortunate every day also for the conversations that I don't have to have uh, and and for the conversations that I do, you know, it's it's all of it. And thank you guys for creating the space, huh?
0: Dude, we received that. Yeah, Thank you so much. Fuck yeah. yeah. Dial.
3: Woo.
0: That was really fun.
2: So I was like, oh shit, I'm in charge. Yeah. <laughs> like a masseuse for my technical problems. <laughs> <laughs>
3: says Joshua of the tree. <laughs> Joshua, Joshua, Joshua. <laughs>